Hello and welcome to the next episode of Enterprise Doctor Business Show. My name is Mark Harris. I am Enterprise Doctor and I do advice and support for businesses. And I'm delighted to have as my guest today, Louisa Fleet of Louisa Fleet Recruitment. How are you today? I'm really well today, thank you, Mark. Very good. Thank Good. You. I'm delighted to hear you're really well. I'll try and make sure nothing goes wrong with that over the course of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I do try hard not to upset my guests. You, as the name implies, run your own recruitment company. I know some listeners will have heard a podcast that I did with Nick Hoadley, who runs an insurance specialist recruitment company. What's the the spin on your recruitment business? Do you have a niche or generalist or how do you play it? Yeah, sure. Um, I know Nick Codley, actually. He's a good friend of mine, so that's nice to hear. Um, Yes, so um, we operate in completely different um, sectors. I specialize in uh, sales sales recruitment, so I help um, companies build and retain sort of successful sales teams. It's our birthday today. We're eight today. That's why I'm really happy. Really? Um, disappointed we can't um, all get together and uh, have the have the birthday lunch that we, we planned with the team. But um, yeah. hey, we're celebrating yeah. in our own little work environments. Well, congratulations on on eight years. I spoke to a lady the other day who's a virtual assistant, uh, Rachel Britton, and her podcast is uh, is live and. Uh, her business, when the lockdown hit, her business had been running for a whole week. Oh my goodness. Indeed. Yeah. 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 So you've got eight years under your belt and really any business that that runs for eight years, that's, that's, and and hopefully many more, that's, that's a proper business. You clearly got, you're doing something right to be able to survive in, in a very competitive market, very competitive world. Why did you pick the sales environment as a as your niche as a specialism to recruit in well actually it's it's the niche that i've worked in previously so i've worked for a corporate recruiter prior to setting up my own business and i always specialize in sales and marketing recruitment so it made sense to carry on where i where i've got the experience really yep. yep nothing wrong with using your expertise that's for sure and you used the word team just now. When you started, was it just you or did you have a team from day one? And, and what sort of scale is the business? Yes, when we started, when I started, it was just me. Um, I would just move to a, a new area and kind of was in a two up, two down kind of house and was working from the what should have been the other, other second bedroom. And it was like that for probably a good Good, good two years with some independent help um, that I got now and again. Now we're well at the moment where we're obviously scaled down because of the situation, but we've grown to five of us in in you know during that time. Okay, and when you say scaled down, have you unfortunately had to furlough people, or or what's the story? Yeah, well, most of the people I employ are working mums, so um, they're homeschooling, so they actually wanted to reduce their hours. Um, so I've only yeah. furloughed one person at the moment, but everybody has asked if they can do less hours, which you know kind of works out for all of us the, the best solution, whilst things are as they are. Mm. I do. Um, I do know lots of salespeople, so I really wanted to ask you a question. And if you don't know the answer, then we'll just edit this bit out. So that's okay. okay. 
a number of salespeople as a generality get a basic salary plus commission. Mm-hmm. And with the furloughing, I do know some salespeople who have said, all I am getting is 80% of my basic pay. And I know other salespeople who have said, my boss has taken the average of my commission over the last however many months, and I'm getting 80% of my basic plus that average commission. And on one side, that's very nice of the latter boss to do that, but actually it's the government that's making the decision. So in, in your experience, presumably talking to lots of different people and talking about their contractor employment and stuff, I know you're a recruitment, not HR, but should people be getting 80% of basic or 80% of both? Or is it really... Yeah, I think I think salespeople have been overlooked in, in that area because they depend on earning their commission they need that for their livelihood. So, you know, you might get a salesperson that's on a £35,000 basic salary. And if that person hits their targets, then they would take home forty-five to 50000 mm-hmm. Now, these salespeople can't survive on £35,000 basic. They rely on the 40. They hit those targets so they can earn forty to forty-five. But under the furlough scheme, they're only getting 80% of the thirty-five in most circumstances. So it's a bit unfair. It's almost as though they could be treated a little bit more like self-employed people where it's 80% of the overall earnings. I think that would be a fairer way of looking at it. These people have got families and houses and, you know, mortgages and and they they really are taking more like a 50% cut in salary. And of course, while commission isn't guaranteed, because if it was guaranteed, then there'd be no point selling anything, just take the commission. People, as you say, people rely on it. And to some extent or another, depending on a good month or a bad month for a salesperson, they're getting a smaller or a bigger commission. But even the smaller commission is is not guaranteed, but they know they're going to hit whatever percentage of their target. So they're going to get some commission. Whereas, yeah, it's a little bit tough on them now. Yeah, and even more tough because these people are the ones that are going to need to go out and sell in a really tough market. So yeah. even when we get through this situation, they, they've got the, you know, everything against them. So, yeah, particularly hard-hitting on, on sales. And you, you described it as a tough market. I think other than perhaps mask manufacturers pretty much everything's a tough market now. Oh, yeast manufacturers, they're doing pretty well. There's a big run on yeast. But no, it's, it's, it's a tough world out there. How are, you, how are you dealing with that? How are you? Yeah, I'll add to that. that one of my biggest clients is a hygiene company. Um, oh, and actually wow. they're really getting ready. Um, and they're actually doing interviews at the moment. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they, they hired something like 20 people the day before lockdown. Um, and actually, they're a great company because they put them on furlough. They didn't qualify for furlough but they actually pay, are paying them as though they're on furlough because they want to retain those people because they know really? things are big when they get out there. So, yeah, they, um, they'll be providing sanitizers at entrances and exits of buildings and office blocks. So, yeah, that's a, that's a big area. But, yes, to answer your question, it, yeah, it, it is tough. And, um, yeah, I suppose I've kind of, kind of got used to, used to it now in a way, used to how tough it is. But, but um, personally... At the start, it was very, very tough for, for everybody, I think, in business and, and not in business. It was very tough when we knew 
something was going to happen and you didn't kind of know quite what and you didn't know how you were going to deal with it. And so the I've only just moved into offices, actually. So I've wow. been in brand new offices. So my plan was to grow my team. So I got these offices with spare desks and everything. So I wanted to recruit trainees that I could work side by side with. And I'd been in the offices for three weeks when we had to basically move everybody back home. So it then became a case of not only, um, well, I certainly wouldn't be growing um, in, in this kind of conditions. It would be a case of like, how do, I, how do I survive now? So plans completely sort of tipped on, tipped on their head. So yeah, very tough, very tough time. Very tough. And now we're recording this on the 12th of May. So we're sort of seven, eight weeks into the lockdown, if my maths is right, which it probably isn't. How's it going now? The way I, I, I kind of assess how things are going, often how I'm feeling. Um, strangely, I don't know if other business owners can uh, recognize this, but you, know, you can be doing really well, but if you know that it's not going to last too long or you can see that things are, are declining, you know, the stress that you can put yourself under can be really big. So if you ask me, how's it going now? I actually feel really good about how it's going now because I feel like I've got a bit of a plan. I kind of know where I'm going and I've done a lot of, lot of work on myself to help me sort of get through this situation. Whereas if you'd have asked me that on the 23rd of March, I think it was, and I actually I wrote, right. a, wrote an article um, on that day about how I was feeling and how I was coping. And I look at it now and it feels a bit, oh goodness, that's quite somber, isn't it? And it was, because I was really, really worried, like everybody was. And so I wrote my thoughts down as to, how I was coping with things, um, I, I, I basically focused on taking care of myself first. I knew that if I was going to get through this situation, that I needed to be healthy. I needed to be. I need to look after my mental health. I needed to be right to be strong enough to do what I needed to do. So yeah, I tried to sort of look after myself, get plenty of exercise, get plenty of fresh air, look after my diet as one of my coping mechanisms. But I talk about four, four things, I think, in that article that, that I've done to, to get through this. When you say article, is that a, a LinkedIn article? Yes, um, it was a, a blog that I posted as a, as a LinkedIn article. Cool. I'll tell you what I'd really like you to do. Will you send me a link to that? article and i'll publish that in the notes with this podcast and that way listeners either right now if they pause the podcast or or at the end they can go off and have a read of that article yeah absolutely yes what's, what's yes. the title of the article tough times don't last but tough people do that's quite <laughs> nice tough times don't last tough people do I have said a few times in, in podcasts that one of my phrases of the moment is this too will pass. You're, you're right. Tough times don't last. Good times come back. And then you know what? The good times pass as well and you get more tough times. That's the cycle of life. Everything's only temporary, as they say. And uh, that was one of, the, uh, one of the things that I talked about was um, I just had to take one day at a time. There was no point in thinking, how am I going to get through to the other end? You just had to deal with everything was changing so quickly then. You just had to take one day at a time and, and just to try and remain, remain positive. 
try and visualize a victorious kind of outcome. I really tried that a lot, you know, really looking at how I'd be celebrating getting through the other side and how great it would be to high five my team and say, yes, we're still here. Um, we got through it. And um, yeah, visualization and even a little bit of meditation um, has really helped me. Cool. I am impressed. I think being tough is is something you have to to be a, a successful business person. You need to be tough. That doesn't mean you need to be nasty. It means you need to be strong. And I think most strong people would agree that it's so much easier to be strong when you have a support network around you. Are you relying on your inner strength to achieve what you're doing to be that tough person, or or do you have some kind of support network? Yeah, I absolutely do, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Not long before lockdown, I made a decision to join a, a network of professional recruiters to help me accelerate and grow my business. I felt at the time um, I was missing a bit of innovation within my industry. And it was a weird thing, really, because previously recruiters don't mix with other recruiters. You know, they don't talk to other recruiters. They're, they're seen as the enemy. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time in my career in over 20 years that I've actually done this. Um, apart from odd friends that I've been introduced to. Um, and now I see myself collaborating with some of the top recruiters in, in the UK and we're sharing ideas, we're sharing best practice, you know, we're, we're helping solve each other's problems, we're meeting on Zoom calls, you know, two or three times a week. And it's just amazing, actually. So I, I would urge anybody, you know, that, that is struggling to reach out to companies within their own sector and join yes. forces. Definitely. Um, It can be very beneficial. And I think that goes whatever sector you're in. There's there's a sort of a trade organization or some commercially based networking organization for that industry, whatever industry you're in. I challenge people to find me an industry where that's not the case. And if they succeed in doing that, then I'll say, so start one. There is competition is the nature of business every deal that you get is a deal that four other recruitment companies went for and didn't get so you know there is competition out there but you're not head to head with every recruitment company in the country and the the idea of collaborating of sharing best practice of of just talking to other people in the same position as you I know from my experience of of collaborative groups in a range of industries I've been in over the years, it's just so powerful, just so helpful. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, how long it takes you as a business owner to trial a new piece of technology or to find out about an outsourcing method that works for you or a new marketing plan, but to have somebody say, you know what, I tried this and it really worked, or do you know what, that we found that really difficult, but to ask several people's opinion as well, you can get a really good feel for, mm. you know, what, what works and, and, and what doesn't, rather than having to trial that all yourself. From a sort of a, a one-to-many perspective, I think that's that's very valuable. From a one-to-one perspective, I know that you have a coach that you use. So he's the coach, you're the coachee. That's a good word. Well, actually, yeah, the, the coach is a part of this network. So um, okay, and it's the first time I've actually used a, a coach within my sector. To be honest, because okay. I've always overall business coaches, I found them. I, I totally believe that. 
you know, athletes have a coach, business people should have a coach. If you want to get better at what you do, then you need to invest in your own professional development. And, and now more than ever, I think that kind of resource is, is really valuable, even though, yes, it, it, people might say it's an expense. I, I feel it's an investment. And without having expertise around me now, there's no way I'd be in a stronger position as I feel like I am and so confident about moving forward. Speaking as a coach and a mentor, I couldn't agree with you more and you phrased it beautifully. And it's really interesting that people who have experienced it, who clearly there are some coaches or mentors out there who aren't very good. There are some who might be very good, but they just don't click with a given client. You know, that can happen. But broadly speaking, people who have been coached or mentored just get it they just get it they understand and appreciate the value of it and yes it costs money but so does everything else in life but it's about the return on the investment of the time and of the money and there are many many happy coaches people who have been coached who just get it you know i have clients who come back to me a lot of my clients see me once a month and they come back month after month after month after month on a purely i'm going to say a voluntary basis they're paying me but there's no contract they choose to come back they could leave if they wanted to but they get it and it's helpful to them and you know there are other coaches i get that and and i agree i mean most people that have got their own business will have you know they would have all had managers they would have all had somebody with more experience than them that would help and lead and inspire and offer support and value and when you get your own business that goes so where do you get where do you get that from i think it's absolutely vital yeah yeah i do agree I think that I can't think of a better way on which to finish than that that huge amount of positivity. You've been really interesting to talk to, so thank you for that. I don't know how many people have wished your business happy birthday today because, you know, clearly you're not having a party, but let me wish you a happy birthday. By the time listeners hear this, they could potentially wish you a belated happy birthday if they want to. So thank you for sparing me the time today. Thank you for the nice things you said about coaches. I like that. And thank you for giving me along the way what I'm going to use as the title for this episode, which is the title for the article, which is Tough Times Don't Last, Tough People Do. I think that's going to be appearing as the headline in this podcast. So thank you for that. Hopefully you've, um, you've found this not too traumatic an experience. No, it's been very enjoyable. Thank you. You've been a been a great um, podcast host. Is that what you call them? I, I, I. That's a good enough podcast host. Is yeah. I shall stick that on my presenter, seat. Podcast presenter, podcast yeah, host. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, I've enjoyed sitting in this chair, whatever my job title is. You have been listening to Louisa Fleet of Louisa Fleet Recruitment. As I said, all of her contact details are in the podcast notes, as is a link to that LinkedIn article. Also in the podcast notes are details of how to contact me. I'm Mark Harris of Enterprise Doctor, and I do advice and support for businesses. I am one of those aforementioned coaches and mentors. Hooray. And I really enjoy what I do. If you want to do some of that with me or talk about it, get in touch. If you think you'd make a good guest for the show, get in touch. And if you want to give me some feedback on this episode or on any of the previous ones, I take constructive criticism very well. And if you want to give me a five-star review, 
you go right ahead. But for now, I'm going to say thank you very much for listening. And I look forward to talking to you next time.